You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. There's a lot to talk about today, so let's just get right into it. Um, we're not going to get into the first base discussion because we do have some uh, some Indians news to talk about. I do want to loop back to the talk about catchers. Uh, Andy, who often I mentioned, talked about on the show before, helps me with pronunciation, said, well, what about single season guys? So I thought I'd jump back in. If you look at um, top 50 single season baseball reference war for the Indians, there's not one catcher listed. If you look at uh, top 50 offensive war seasons for a catcher, there's not one listed. But if you look defensively, there is a catcher sitting there at 10th, and that's Roberto Perez. What's interesting about that is there are just three players um, listed with a war better than his basically from 1970 on. Most of the guys are the dead ball era type of players. Um, at one guy, Craig Nettles does appear twice, uh, Frank Duffy, and then Francisco Lindor, the only contemporary. And when you look at what Perez did last year in terms of his offensive and defensive production, I think one can make a legitimate case that the single greatest catcher, single greatest season a catcher has had in Cleveland. Um, both offensively and defensively, is Roberto Perez's 2019. Uh, yes, I know Sandy Almar's 97 offensively was off the charts, but defensively it was not quite there. Um, but it, I think it's pretty obviously one of those two guys. We got news. Um, so I talked about a lot in this podcast that the Braves should sign Marcelo Zuna. They did. He is off the market. Uh, Pedro Stroop is debating between the Marlins and the Rangers at this point, I believe. Uh, nothing on Puig or Holt, but I mean, we're in Castellanos and let's be honest, the Braves could still add Castellanos. And if they did, cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not sold on Mark Kekis and Inciarte. Um, if they did, the outfield could be Acuna, um, and right, you put Azuna in left field, you put Castellanos. And because Castellanos was traded mid season, if he has another fantastic year, the Braves can do what they just did with Donaldson and still offer him arbitration. Um, Castellanos has not been offered it yet, so he could still be offered it. So a team that signed him to a, if he took a lesser deal or he took a shorter deal, uh, could turn around and do that. So if the Braves can get him at also a one-year deal, they should definitely be uh, considering that at this point going forward. But we'll have to see. Uh, four names left from the top 50 and the Indians. Um, so, you know, at least they're they're doing something. So let's talk about the minor league additions um, first that they made. Today was announced. Uh, 19 players being invited in Major League Camp, which brings their number of players up to 59. Now those guys, uh, the 19 guys being invited are not players on the 40-man, so it's 59 guys in camp. Uh, Obviously, the 19 added today have really low odds, but we'll get to them in a second. Let's talk about the minor leaguers they added, because I think this is kind of interesting. They added two uh, minor league free agent signings. We'll talk about the catcher first, which is uh, Johan Cuivado. He is a 25-year-old who has barely played. Um, he's just been an A-ball guy, a backup, uh, pretty consistently a backup, barely playing in the minors with Seattle, then Baltimore. The Indians are his third organization. The Indians, obviously, you need a backup catcher at every level. You just do. Um, he, this isn't a big addition. He is just there because you need someone, and he has experience doing it, and he's willing to do it. So, yay, the Indians have a guy who 
you know, last year played in 38 games and had 157 plate appearances, and that's what he'll do this year at a level for the Indians. The other player is a lot more interesting to me. Uh, Gunnar Legler, his dad was drafted by the Pirates, was actually a a fourth-round pick back in the day, I want to say. Let me double-check. Do you have that up? Yes. He lasted three years in rookie ball before being cut. Had a pretty good half a season in uh, independent baseball. And then I'm not sure if he went right into coaching or not, but he's currently a wide receivers coach for um, the Ragin' Cajuns. He is from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Tim is. His son, Gunner, is from the Louisiana area, but he went to um, Louis- University of Louisiana Lafayette to play baseball. He was drafted back in 2017 um, by the Miami Marlins. He did not sign, decided to go back to school. Uh, there was I, In the one article when I was kind of reading up on him, because I did not know him quite as well, uh, there was talk, and now I can't find the article that I was actually looking at, there was talk that he was, like a team had offered him a chance to be a like a, an eighth round pick, and then there were some issues over money because of, yeah, according to his dad, he, was, he had accepted a spot to be picked in the eighth round, there was an issue. The other team kind of came back and tried to lowball him, and then he instead went back. You know, said no. He had a smit, a smist. He had a cyst on his femur dating back to high school, and that had to get taken care of. He had a 15-inch permanent rod in his femur uh, to remove the cyst. He had to sit out the entire season because of it. So this isn't your typical, you know, blown-out arm. And. He started to get stronger. He's he's throwing again. He missed all of 2018 after you know major surgery on his femur. College numbers at Louisiana Lafayette though are pretty strong. Um, he is older. That that did definitely hurt him. He is 24 at this point. You know a lot of seniors um, are like you look at a lot of kids being like more 22 and he's he's already 24. But in college, his ERA for instance 2.44. Uh, this, the last season, the one he got drafted off of before the injury stuff arose, uh, a one nine seven, eight point two eight, uh, strikeout per nine, walk per nine of two point six three. This past year, ten point three four strikeout, three point one six walk. Pitched really well. He's a lefty. You can never have enough lefties. Uh, undrafted player again. I think his age had an issue. I don't have any independent league stats. So I don't know exactly what went down i don't know if he was playing independent baseball i don't have a whole lot other than uh i just think he's an interesting guy there's reasons why he was still here he was extremely efficient in the sunbolt sunbolt sunbelt has good baseball bloodlines a lefty and it's almost like they're getting a bonus day three pick um right now but yeah they added a a 6-3 left-handed pitcher with uh, good statistics and bloodlines and I don't know what he'll report or what they'll do, but it is interesting that, like, it's just an odd timing. Like, that's more than anything else. That's what struck me. Like, this is really odd time. Like, why not during the season? Um, you know, I'd have to – I'm pretty sure he didn't cost over 125000 to sign, which, uh, you know, if he had, that's maybe why you wait a bit. I don't know when that, you know, expires when you get past – I'm pretty sure that expires after the signing deadline that anyone could have um, stepped up and offered – or, you know, earlier in the offseason to get him in some of the instructs. Uh, or what popped? I mean, obviously somebody in the room liked him. One of the scouts must have just kept banging that drum and they're going to give him a chance. I'm not saying he's going to turn into anything. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, become 
this great player or you know a strong lefty but he is a highly decorated college pitcher who you know was a freshman of the year uh, perfect game freshman all-american d1 baseball freshman all-american second team sunbelt all-conference first team golden spikes award semifinalist college baseball all-american third team and ncbw all-american third team abca rawlings all-american second team like he's got some juice it's a guy who performed well um yes not at the highest conference but louisiana lafayette has produced some talent like that's a good lower rung baseball program don't overlook them they have guys get drafted every year some uh, relatively high I, I just had to you know talk about it it's kind of in my wheel zone of this is another guy who was able to miss some bats and control his own and he's a lefty with again i'll say it for like the umpteenth time bloodlines which stands out when you look at a guy like this who's just sitting there available this late in the year yeah i just think is an interesting case an interesting story um again this is not a, a top prospect he's not even a likely future major leaguer but there's a chance there's enough there to make you to peak up the indians did have one more kind of free agent signing and this has been kind of another we want to talk about some weird trends um, not necessarily that they did this, but the timing on it. Holy Cross baseball coach Greg DiCenzio is leaving uh, Holy Cross and the Patriot League, where they captured a championship back in 2017. Uh, he's been there for 12 seasons, and he is going to become the Lake County captain's manager. Now, we saw so many college coaches and like you know pitching coaches and just regular coaches over the last two to three weeks departing. It's... It's really crappy for these programs. Like, this is a really terrible thing for someone who was at Holy Cross for 12 seasons. Like, the college baseball season is eminent. It's going to start in three weeks. So, hey, yeah, here's my two weeks uh, Here's my two weeks notice. When uh, when this expires, I hope you have a coach because the season's here. Like, it's, it's – I mean, I don't want to – and he's like, a lot of them were pretty upset, but they're tough kids. I coach the, I coach them tough, so if they can handle me as a coach, they can handle this of flying covers. Uh, yeah, they have every reason to be pissed off. Their season is right around the co- – like, most of those that happened happened a week or two ago. For this one to get announced, like, today at 6.30, um, yeah, it's it's an awful thing to do to that Holy Cross team. There's no other way to put it. It's – I mean, the assistant coach is going to come in and be the interim coach for the season because there's nothing else they can do. They open the season on February 14th against the University of South Carolina. Um, so, yeah, it's just – I mean, he's a, he's been a very good coach there, even though he has a, you know, a record that's under 500. But, you know, they won the series in 2010, 2012, 2013, 16, 17. He is far from the only one. Like I said, this is just the latest one I've seen. Most of these were brought up and mentioned um, a week or two ago. But it's kind of a crappy thing that major league teams are doing this. It's like, again, much like with the Legra thing, where it's like, why is this happening now? This is odd timing. These are really odd timing and really awful. Like, uh, it's one thing when we've seen, you know, uh, was it Tennessee Tech fired their coach, and it never was really explained why, but I feel like that was back in November. And, you know, they had some time, and they found a, a legitimate candidate, a guy who had lots of years coaching in the Big 12, whose name is escaping me. I think he was really good at Baylor. But um, this is not that. This is, like, yeah, yeah, I'm recording this uh, on the 23rd, so 8, 14, uh Man, I can't do math. 22 days from their opening their season. And, yeah, 
yeah, they got the assistant to step up, but yeah, I, I, oof. Wow, I'm running out of time. So that's that's the additions, kind of. Now we got to talk about the 19 invites to the Indians um, team. Gavin Collins, one of the catchers, I've talked about him at length. An interesting guy, um, can hit some. I don't know how much of a catcher he really is. Uh, Bo Taylor, who has some major league experience, we talked about him on the podcast. Catcher, I want to look at the pronunciation gate because I'm going to butcher this. Gili Gili Gilau Gungquan. Now he used to be. It's he legally changed his name because that is his Taiwanese tribal name. Uh, he played under Legion Chu here in the United States for the past five years, and uh, you know I, another catcher guy. He's had his ups and downs in the system, uh, but that's three solid catchers. You need to carry a lot of catchers. Uh, pitchers, Argentes Angulo, we talked about him as he was one of the guys who went out to Arizona League. Uh, Kyle Dowdy, we talked about who they lost in the Rule 5. Cam Hill, I've talked about at length. Um, was kind of surprised when he didn't, you know, get added to the 40-man. Same with Jared Robinson, another guy I talked about at length. Don't really need me to say much more about them. Henry Martinez, um, if I had the podcast two years ago, he would have been the Cam Hill of that one. Stuff kind of backed up on him a bit this year. Dalbert Siri, big righty, uh, always had some interesting stuff. Jordan Stevens, who they claimed off of the White Sox, I believe, and he was on the 40-man for a bit and then waved, but he's still in the system. Am I, I'm, I'm specifically leaving off uh, one guy. Anthony Goes, a former major leaguer as an outfielder. Uh, I don't know if you're paying attention to him in the Indians minors a year ago. Lefty, throws really hard. Like it is, He has a major league fastball from the left side no doubt about it he has this he has major league stuff as a pitcher he can't control it he doesn't know where it's going it's really interesting that they have him um, they're giving him this opportunity mostly pitched in low a spent a little bit of time in akron a year ago wanted to pull up his uh his exact akron numbers he pitched in oh i was wrong he, he pitched 22 games for 18 innings grand total last year out of the pen of 29 innings uh, down in Lynchburg, he was unhittable. Um, but the other issue here, just you know, more than anything else, is his strikeout rate was nearly 11. His walk rate was over 9. His hit rate was 5, and he didn't give up a home run. No one could hit it. The stuff is really good. And he's a 28 years old. At least he pitched at 28. He's probably 29 now. Um, yeah, he turned 29 in August. Was a really toolsy outfielder. Played a lot of games in the majors as as an outfielder. Came back as a pitcher with the Indians. Um, the stuff is there. Legitimately has major league stuff. Question is, can he control it enough to use it? And again, a lefty with his stuff, you understand why they're giving him a tryout. And of all the arms that they are um, calling up and giving a chance, I think he's the only. Yeah, he is the only left-hander of the group, which is also in his. Uh, benefit. There's another pitcher. We're going to save him for last, though. Infielders, Ernie Clement, another guy we've talked about a lot, a uh, future utility guy for the Indians. Doesn't really do anything well. Doesn't really do anything. Well, there are some things. He, like, he has no power, let's be honest. Just a, a kind of an average guy. Um, Mike Freeman, everybody knows him quite well at this point. Wilson Garcia, first baseman, spent a lot of time in Akron. Another guy I was kind of surprised that, like, this is the guy we're going with like nothing against him but he's not wasn't really an on my radar for a a camp invite but i guess you know again you're carrying typically guys enough to make two or three teams um even just for the scrimmage matches you need someone who can play first base 
Uh, he's a switch hitter, 25 years of age, last year for Akron. I get nothing really jumps off the page. Um, 2018 in high A, he had a good year hitting for power in the Carolina League. But, yeah, that's uh, you know good for him. Let's be nice about it and move on. Um, Tyler Krieger, good organizational sol- soldier, has been here a while, can play a few positions, do a few things. Uh, makes sense from that regard. Outfield, Kaye Tom, of course. Like, lucky that he didn't get taken. Connor Maribel performed. You know, I always got positive, always heard positive things about Maribel. He never really blew anyone's hair back, and he's, I don't think, was ever expected to. But for a day three pick to get where he is, that's, that's, quite strong uh, performance for him. And then Mitch Luongo, you, if you've been listening all year, you heard him on the podcast at one point from my interview time in uh, Akron. An Ohio kid, Northeast Ohio kid. We have not seen a lot of those guys with the Indians. It's been a long time. I asked him about that, and he's like, yeah, no, I know that it's not something that's happened. So that's going to be a special opportunity for him, and he played well this year in Akron to uh, get that opportunity. We have a few minutes left on the show, and there's a one player in particular that I really felt that we needed to talk about, and that is the the one guy on here who's a non-roster invite who was not with the Indians organization when the uh, when the day began, at least as far as I knew, and that is Dominic Leone. And if you remember when he was let go by the Cardinals, I thought, oh, this is an interesting guy. I talked about it pre. He was one of the guys I, I singled out uh, because I thought there could be a little bit more there based on his performance in the past and what we had seen with him. He's 28 years of age. Uh, he was not good a year ago for being nice about it with the Cardinals. He uh, he could still miss bats, though, and that's the thing. He's Ever since Toronto took him in the Rule 5, and he really kind of broke out that year with Toronto, uh, strikeout rate over 10, a walk rate under 3, uh, hit rate under 7, home run rate under 1. And then he gets traded to the Cardinals the next year and that first year he's okay with the Cardinals uh the home run rate jumps the hit rate really jumps he ends up spending some time in AAA because he's okay but he's not great he's just okay and then he's not um he's not really all that usable in 2019 in terms of effectiveness he's still missing a lot of bats but the walk rate is now up to nearly five the hit rate is actually down, but the home run rate is up to nearly two. So the Indians, one, don't seem to care about home run rate. When you look at uh, their pitching staff a year ago, they had a lot of guys with high home run rates. Uh, they just figure kind of that's the cost of doing business, it seems. And B, uh, here's an undersized pitcher. The Indians do love those guys under six feet who has good stuff. I'll pull up his baseball savant data here in a second. But... He's not that far removed from effectiveness. Uh, Cardinals aren't bad at development, but they don't really have anything that stands out that makes you think they're really strong when it comes to pitcher development. Makes you wonder if there's more that can be gotted, gotten, gotted. <laughs> if there is more to Leo, and if you go back, velocity on the fastball, 38th percentile. His velocity wasn't great, but that fastball, 72nd percentile. It has really good spin. So again, matches up with what the Indians like. Undersized arm. Uh, has a history of being a rubber arm reliever and really good spin on his fastball. He used five pitches a year ago. Uh, I don't know if you really want to count the change as it was at 1.4%, but four-seamer, cutter, slider, sinker. Those are the main ones for him. And 
you can if you go through the stat cast it's kind of fun to look at that arsenal um pitch percentage by season it's interesting is four seamer so you go back and 2017 which was that year he he was really good uh was not necessarily a high watermark for the four seamer but the the cutter started taking over partway through that 2017 season it looks like and then the 2018 2019 the cutter almost became the primary pitch for him and you go back to again we want to look at 2017 because that's kind of the high watermark for performance slider and sinker were pretty even slider has seen its usage go up and down while uh, the sinker has seen big jumps 2018 you know the four seamer went down and usage in the sinker went up uh the change we haven't seen since 2015 but yeah it seems like what we want is to see the four seamer with him and if i just look at you know effectiveness i mean this is why i love baseball savant you can look at individual pitches so fastball is about 94 cutter 89 slider 83 uh, 93 on the sinker uh, what people do against it I mean, what stat do you want? Um, if we go something like expected slugging, people teed up on that. That uh, that sinker batting average 471, expected batting average 528. So the sinker just needs to go, which is, I mean, it, that stands out because it's getting not only is it getting hit, it's getting hit exceptionally hard, and it's a really ineffective pitch, and he's been using it more over the past two years. So the sinker really should be um, uh, put away. He should be relying. The four-seamer is a little bit better, but still not great, if we're being honest. The cutter and the slider are his two best pitches in terms of performance against, and which is interesting because, as I pointed out, the cutter he has been relying on more, but the slider has definitely been one we've seen a little bit of a decline. So, I mean, the Indians know this stuff. They're going to look at it. I'm sure they're going to be like, okay, cutter, slider, four-seamer. Let's stick to the basics. Let's go and see what, what works here and try to get him to use those a bit more horizontal movement of his pitches that's interesting um so the sinker and the four seamer were just about even in 2017 so that made it exceptionally hard because when you look at that that means that the movement on those is so small that you know the degree of them coming in and looking similar is going to make those pitches even harder to pick out um yeah, I mean, he's, his vertical movement on something like his four-seamer was actually pretty good a year ago, but he's got, like, no movement on the sinker, which is why that pitch is not effective, and you need that pitch to have that horizontal and vertical movement. It's got neither. It's got negative scores in here. Um, yeah, I, like I said, go go check out Baseball Savant. I'm just not going to read the whole page to you, but it just it's really interesting to go and dive deep on this guy, and you can kind of see, like, his most similar pitchers last year it was vincent valesquez chris archer jeff hoffman uh guys who throw hard but weren't necessarily effective so that's some interesting things to that you can just keep going and it's a lot of fun to look at this data and i would i would recommend it but you get back down around to it i thought he was an interesting candidate to kind of be the the next guy the indians could pull off the scrap heap and find maybe a little bit more with the indians obviously agreed and we have our first non-roster invitee who is not on a minor league roster. So hopefully we'll see some more. We'll see them do something. 
Uh, free agency is getting ugly. You know, I updated the best available list recently, and uh, you know, I, we didn't mention Alex Gordon also signed, so that's another outfielder off. But yeah, it's getting it's getting a little bit less than. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, still plenty of time to go. Next week's going to be another three podcast week. I hope everyone is enjoying them. We'll get back unless there's news again. We will be back talking about uh, first base. Uh, best player to hand the position, best single season, uh, names to know, etc. Guys who stood out. So I want to thank everyone who listens, rate and reviews, comments, interacts, the emails, the Twitters, all of that is great. It makes me know that I am reaching people, that I am not just talking into a random void. So thank you for that. And as always, go Tribe. Oh, I should have talked about the Dolan stuff. Um, if you get a chance, you can go read his thing. Uh, here's my quick addendum on Dolan. It was really dumb. He needs to hire a PR firm. I have no idea what he's doing. Uh, he could not be doing more singular damage to the franchise unless he was trying. But at points, it does feel like he's trying because he keeps cutting payroll at such voracious rates. But yeah, he came off as a massive jerk in that interview. Um if you didn't see it, quick note, we he doubled down on the whole enjoy him statement, which was a really jerky thing to say a year ago. He then talked about how the best fans are fans who pay for sweets. And yeah, those two parts alone uh, just made him really unlikable on any level. Uh, there's no defense for anything that came out of that one. Uh, so yeah, and whenever I... I just want to make one last thing apparent too before I sign off here. Whenever I do these kind of like ranty things, uh, it's only about Dolan. That's the only person I'm commenting on. I think the front office, I think the people who work there do a phenomenal job. I think the people who who work in the nitty gritty are doing the best they can every day. But man, does Dolan make that team look bad and make the job that his coaches have to do so much harder. Um, so yes, that is my comment on Dolan's incredibly idiotic statements. Thank you again for listening. And as always, go tribe.